Hello, I'm Josh Way. And I'm Ben Eggleston. Welcome to our podcast here at Shutter Speed Media. This is a podcast for people interested in video and photo production in the automotive industry. Our goal is to share, educate, and entertain you with stories, experiences, and content we create, plus bring on guests to share their experiences in this field. Today, we have a guest, and we're very excited to talk to him. He's based in the Detroit area, and he shoots uh, all sorts of cars, and quite often awesome supercars. So we're going to be excited to share some of that content of his and uh get talking about his photography business um and yeah ben how you feeling about it i'm excited i'm ready to have a real guest on this time yeah sweet um so yeah without further ado let's get a quick introduction alex how are you today oh i'm doing great it's fantastic here um in detroit it's like 50 degrees which is unheard of for this time of year um so put the windows down Put my t-shirt on, go walk the dog, do whatever, living it up. Nice. So I just saw uh, recently you went on a big trip to Colorado to buy a new car, right? I did, yeah. I uh, I ended up, I saved up for a little bit and ended up getting a, uh, a 2017 Volvo V90 cross country. You don't see too many of them. Um, I think last I saw the numbers, they sell maybe like 2000 a year in the U.S., and they're kind of hard to find, And especially if you're as picky as me, and you really just need the right spec. Um, yep. It can take a while to find, so that, so that one just ended up being in What Denver. were the specs that were a requirement for you? Um, I, wanted, I wanted the air ride, uh, which is just for the rear on, on those for some reason, but whatever. Um, I really wanted the Bowers and Wilkins system. That's actually that was a make it or break it for me, um, just because one of the dealerships that I work at, uh, we had one. I want to say it was maybe 2018, and the sound system just blew me away. Um, mm-hmm. That was one, actually one of the driving forces behind the car in, uh, in general. Like I love, love, love the looks and just everything Volvo has been doing recently in fact i think yesterday they just unveiled a new car the c40 it's an all electric kind of like a coupe version of the uh of the xc40 but their design is off the charts well it's good to have a good sound system because there's not much sound coming out of the exhaust tips on that car not really i mean it, it's, a, it's a it's a twin charge four which is it's a weird noise uh the, the uh, supercharger and the turbocharger going when you accelerate and it's, it's like it's not bad. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. I didn't know that they were doing that. It's the T six. Yeah. Okay. Well, very cool. Um, so let's let's transition now into photography a little bit. Um, yeah. But I will say, wagons are awesome. Congratulations. I have a wagon too. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about the early days of Tillman and um, where you got started in photography and how it how it. Uh, turned into a, a, a career path for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I haven't been in Detroit my whole life. I, up until college, I, was, I, I grew up in uh, a small town in uh, North Carolina, like like an hour west of Charlotte um, called Shelby. It's an old textile, uh, textile mill town and uh, not too much growing up. So I got really into the arts. Um, so uh, colored pencil, painting, pottery, all of that. And um, then all of that took the, uh, I, don't, I don't remember what you call it. It uh, 
I'm sorry. Josh, what do you call it when uh like something take like goes into the background? Like fades away. Seated by yeah, uh yeah. Well, all that changed whenever when I got into photography. And uh-huh. uh my parents gave me it was just this terrible, awful little silver twenty dollar digital camera. Um, back in 2007 or so, and that was my first camera. That was my first experience really taking pictures. And I used it every hour of every day, and it completely changed my life, even as terrible as the pictures were. And uh, that's really, I think right around that time was when I decided I could really be onto something. Um, and so I just over time, I worked up, I save up a little bit, buy a new camera, get comfortable with what I had, and then move on to something I thought that I would be, uh, would be the, just the next technolo- technological step up. And uh, that's how I worked for a while until I uh, went professional well in there, actually well into college. Um, and then eventually I moved up to Detroit here for college. I went to uh, Lawrence Technological University. I studied car design. Um, and I've, I've been surrounded by cars almost my entire life as well. My, uh, my grandfather, um, would, he, he owned a series of used car dealerships across the state or our portion of the state. And I just grew up, grew up in the garage and around various different cars. And I think that really just paved the way for my future interest in car photography. Um, it was in the background, and then it just really took, uh, was brought to the foreground um, when I got to Detroit, Motor City, and right. uh, yeah, I mean, and also in my town, there we, nobody's rolling in it or anything. There aren't I mean, you don't have a Pagani or whatever around uh, around little small town Shelby, North Carolina. There weren't really that too many cars to really foster an interest in automotive photography up until then all my photography was centered around the landscapes the mountains little macro photography of insects and ants and spiders and whatever um and yeah that's where we all start isn't that i've had that same experience we all start in photography and think that like close-ups are like what good photography is i always thought that too i was like i always like yeah, the closer you could get to something like that was cool. Like that was cool. I'll photograph like a leaf really, really, really close, or like a detail of a car, like an emblem of a car, like really, really, really close. And it's just so like pointless because it has no context. But yeah, um, yeah, I always thought that was funny. So, um, um, when did like when did it click for you that car photography could be could be something that you could make a career out of, and how like did your family think it was as you were as crazy as they thought I was? <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, I think it was really, it was maybe around 2017 or so that I finally got comfortable with the idea of going as a full-time photographer. Um, and you know, throughout school, all my classmates were say, were telling me, Oh, you should do this full time. Why aren't you doing this full time? Yada, yada, yada. I don't know if, at, at the time, I was like, does that mean that I'm not that good of a car designer? Is that why they're saying that? Or am I just that good of a photographer? I don't know. Sure. Um, 
apparently I was just that good of a photographer and like that's just where my life has led me. Um, for better or worse, which I it's been mostly for better. Um, I've had one heck of a time so far, it's just been a roller coaster of emotions <laughs> being a full time photographer. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. how about, um, with, I mean, with, with photography, with making money, it's obviously not an easy thing, but, mm-hmm. um, being in the motor city, I know there is a pretty big difference just from where I'm at in Minneapolis with, with the caliber of cars that's in the area, just from magazines and manufacturers and stuff like that. So you've had some cool opportunities to shoot, shoot some good stuff once you've moved to, um, Detroit, I know. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it, a lot of it is, a lot of it's domestic stuff. Um, we have some really large uh, Porsche collectors here as well. Um, but they're, they usually keep to themselves. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, in every city you have the, you have the collectors, the, the, the billionaires or so that have insane money and in cars and houses and watch collections and whatever the case might be. Um, yeah, the the cars the car scene here is I don't I struggle to think that it's rivaled anywhere else except maybe LA. Um and even then that's that's a different feel out in California as well. Um Right. Cuz I was going to say there's definitely pockets of car industry stuff going on in Miami, in New York, but that's it's it's sort of a different vibe as far as um just car mm-hmm. culture goes, Detroit is definitely very strong right up there with LA for sure. Oh yeah. It just looks yeah. different, but it there's not as much of like a car like culture in other cities. Mm-hmm. I'd say Miami's probably third on the list. Oh um, yeah. I always forget about Miami, but I I agree. Yeah, I I think there's a lot going on down there. But uh um so I have a question. We met was it a Crown Rally originally? Is that where we first met? Uh, yeah, that was probably it. I I knew about you before then, but I think that was the first time that we actually met. Yeah, Crown Rally is uh, it's it's pretty cool how it's brought a lot of people together, and you know, you and I were shooting it um early on there, pretty pretty early in the. You were there like the second year they were going. Yeah, yeah, it was the second official year. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. Crown Rally is a Crown Rally is a good uh, uniter of car, you know, crazy people. So it's that's uh it's neat. And then ever since we've been watching each other's work, and I've been uh, I know I've been out to uh, visit um, some of the spots you shoot in Detroit, and you showed me that garage where I realized um, some of the stuff that you're getting in that sh- like that back garage, dirty old garage place and i'm surprised at some of the quality of the work you've been able to get in that <laughs> tiny space so it's it's, uh, it's pretty it's not ideal it, it definitely isn't ideal where uh, where i do a lot of my work <laughs> right but it's all it's owned by a dealer you work with or something right and then yeah shoot a yeah. lot of their cars there yeah I've, I've been working uh alongside platinum motor cars uh for about five years now, I think, um, going yeah. on five years. And they've been a phenomenal client to have uh, throughout the And they deal in some insane cars, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, I photographed it. It was a 
488 uh, spider for them yesterday and the day before that I photographed a pista. Uh, they're also they're also now a BAC mono dealership. Really? Yeah, yeah. That that's pretty new. That that was a let's see, that started a week ago or so is when it became official. <laughs> Just a week um, ago. So I got yeah. So I got to drive a BAC mono was Thursday last Thursday. Which is hey. a life changing experience, I gotta say. Like, and I, a lot of people really don't have anything to compare it to, but uh, I've been fortunate enough to drive like an aerial atom in a catering before, and it's a different world altogether from those. Sure. Yeah, oh, because you, it's just cool. that one seat, and you're sit, and you're centered in the car. It's oof. I, I, I won't go on. Is, is that, that, is that, that's got a Ford, <laughs> does that have a Ford motor in it? Those BAC monos? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, I think it was like an EcoBoost variant or something, but could be wrong. Yeah. Um. So photography stuff. Let me get back to it. So I want to hear a little bit about like some key moments maybe from your photography upbringing and challenges you faced um what were some what were some key moments that like that did it for you in photography good and bad like they obviously shaped who you are now and your opportunities you get now so like i want to hear um hear a few things that uh are memorable from your photography past right <laughs> Oh boy, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of memorable stuff. Um, I'd I'd say when I started with the dealership, that was that was uh, that was that was a big change for me, a milestone. Um, I mean, just because they've been so long lasting. Um, let's see. I mean, from I got I've I've been fortunate enough to work with uh, my favorite photographer, Richard uh, Richard Thompson. Um, out in LA, he he's actually he's a photographer that got me into automotive photography in the first place. Um, I looked up to his stuff for years and years. Same. He's gonna be on the podcast soon, hopefully. Oh yes. Um, but I I finally got the chance to assist him a couple times. So whenever he's in town shooting for GM or or what or whatnot, um. We'll link up and uh, get together. You know, I'll help them out or assist or something. Uh, but it's just it's mind-boggling that I could just text them up, text them up, and he'll answer. It's just well, that's the funny thing about social media, and like, <laughs> I don't know in general is it's like the the longer you go without like meeting people that you've like watched their stuff for, they they in the in your mind sort of become sort of like an idol type figure and then so you meet right. him and it's like i shouldn't be feeling like a little bit of starstruckness <laughs> but i kind of do like whenever i've run into other people um even like youtubers too like shmi or Stradman or whoever they're like they're mm -hmm. just they're just kids out doing their thing you know they're just people um but because we just see them on youtube all the all the time it feels like they're like stars um so you kind of like you kind of like react like uh starstruck a little bit whenever you actually work with them or talk to them and uh but it's cool it's richard's stuff is truly insane and um he's definitely been on my list of people i've looked up to for a very long time as well yeah it really is his his thought process i feel is just on a different level for mine sometimes um 
And he, he has such a different history as well. I mean, that, that really feeds into what he currently, how, how he shoots, um, what he take, what he draws his inspiration from. But he'll tell you. Um, let's see. I think, I think maybe another thing that really shaped the way I operate now, I mean, it's just, I think with everybody, trial and error, I, I, earlier on, I did not set the boundaries that I should have with my clients. And they took advantage of me. So that that's a hard lesson to learn. Um, I'm with you there. <laughs> um, yeah. How about your equipment? What uh, what equipment do you shoot on? Uh, right now I have, it's a Nikon Z6. I've had it for a couple months now. That's the new, that's the new um, mirrorless camera from Nikon, right? Yeah. Well, I have the first generation of that. Um, the second one, the second generation of Z6, not that it's not that different. I think they just improved the autofocus on it as much as anything. Um, Cause it's a little slow right now. Um, but I don't feel the need to upgrade um, to that right now. But I have a, for my strobe, for my strobe, I have a, it's a bronze color Heroes 800L. Is this battery powered? Yeah. Yeah. Um, stupid and expensive, but it's an investment. Um, no, those are expensive because aren't they like German made the brown color? Uh, like Swiss, I think. Swiss. Okay. So they're like just the, the European, you know, alternative, like the expensive, beautiful, perfect alternative. Um, and if it's Swiss, then you know, it's obviously probably over-engineered, but I've looked up oh, those yeah, big time. <laughs> I, have, I have some pro photo DUE one heads too, but they're great, but they're, um, you know, they have to be powered. So they're not great for yeah. on location stuff, but, um, Sweet. So I, I started with Nikon as well, and I changed to Sony. And you started with Nikon, and you stuck with Nikon with the digital. With the, um, I know. Well, I, I went with Sony because they were going to the mirrorless stuff first and seeing everybody that I looked up, you know, all these peers of mine switching over. And I was like, okay, something's going on. I better look into this. And I and I did, and I, I haven't looked back since. And the only thing that I complain about with the Sony is mm -hmm. that the bodies are so small. It's like too small that when I grab my old Nikon, which is sitting on the desk right in front of me, it feels so chunky and wonderful in my hand that the Sony just feels like a tiny little point and shoot. And it, it's hard to get a yeah. good grip on it without adding on the extra grips. Exactly. They're not as ergonomic as the DSLRs that we're used to, we're used to. Right. Even the Z6, it has a, I think for, for what it is, for its size, it has a pretty hefty grip. Um, but it's, I, I don't know. I, I want a little bit more stability. Um, but yeah. And you can have that with Sony with the added like battery grip thing, like the, for the vertical. Um, or they make, um, small rig makes a couple of nice like body frame things that kind of extend out, which is nice. But what, yeah, uh, I mean, what glass do you typically shoot on the most? Um, right now I'm, ex yeah, I'm exclusively, uh, Sigma art, which, 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 which ones I have a, th I have a 35, a 50 and a 24 to 105, uh, Sigma. Gotcha. Art. Um, unfortunately right. some of the lenses, the other lenses that I have, uh, they weren't, they're not compatible with the Nikon Z system. Uh, yeah, I can still manually focus them, like my uh, 80 to 200. 
older Nikon lens, but still really good. But, um, oh no, I have my, uh, 150 to 600. I forget about that sometimes. Is an, uh, is this... 600. Is it a, is oh, it a, yeah. a five, six? It's a five, six, I'm guessing. Uh, five, six to 6.3. Oh, so that's okay. So that's gets pretty dark then. Is it only in daylight they can. that can use that? I suppose, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, daylight, uh, oh, on an overcast day, my ISO will be around maybe 320. Um, so it's not terrible or 400, 500. But it works for track stuff. What, do you use it for other things? I actually don't use it for anything automotive. I use it for birds. Birds. <laughs> because that is, right. that's another like hobby love of mine. When I, when I'm not shooting cars, I'm photographing birds. Um, not in the winter, of course, because there's no birds around, but uh, in, in the springtime. There's tons time. of birds around. Get a bird feeder. All the winter birds <laughs> come up here, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll install a bird feeder uh, at, my, uh, at my apartment building. That's right. All right, well, let's keep it on photography because birds are awesome. Birds are awesome. I like birds. I actually want to get a bird feeder. Um, how about uh, let's, let's – I'm curious about your car history. You've got an interesting car history that most people probably would not be thinking, but you've got one that you own currently that is interesting. But walk us through your car history from the beginning, first car. All four of them, let's see. So, I mean, my first car, it was a 98 Outback. It's still the love of my life. I really regret getting rid of it. Um, um, And then I moved on to an 08 Outback, out of necessity, because the other one, you know, it, it died. It, it did old car things. Um, but did that's the, when did I... The, did, the, did the motor blow up like it did on my wife's old Outback? Uh, no, I just... Um, that was my fault. I neglected it. I didn't know anything about working on cars then. And so... <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. It's a uh, it, it's a sad story, but I, I ended up having to let it go. Um, but uh, uh, the interesting one, the most interesting one of all, is the Opel GT that I have. It's a 1973. Um, it's been a project for four, three years, four years now. Um, it it's now completely, fingers crossed, uh, mechanically uh, sound, um, and now it's just under the cosmetics. Um, okay. so I'm hoping, I'm hoping to get it repainted. It's sort of a pearl white right now, but I'm, I want to go for, um, it's actually a Subaru color. If I can get my hands on it, it's, uh, it's a cool gray khaki. Um, <laughs> oh, Alex, you're like, I love that color. I love hands. that color. <laughs> it's an amazing color. Uh, so, um, <laughs> I mean, is this car, it looks, it looks like a sports car, obviously from, the seventies, but is it, yeah. is it fun to drive? Does it have any power? Is it, is it a sports car? What does it drive like? It's a, it's a sporty car. It's not a sports car because it has so much understeer and, uh, well, it, and the it, tires are probably of, what, 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 what size tires are on there? Like one, one twenties or something. I don't know. Just tiny, thin. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the wheels are it's 13 inch wheels. Um, and I actually, I, I have some aftermarket wheels. They're ATS wheels. Um, but they're, uh, as opposed to six inches wide, they are seven inches wide. 
So wow. I, I have all Moving the grip up. now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so what's the Nurburgring time on this car? Eventually, um, <laughs> it, it, it'll make it'll it'll make it around. Uh, <laughs> it won't overheat or anything before then. <laughs> I get about half an hour. Yeah, uh, that works. <laughs> but that I mean, it's it's eighty horsepower new. I have no idea what I could possibly be down to, but it, at the same time, it also weighs 1,800 pounds, um, right. so it doesn't need that much uh, kick to really get it going, and that also okay. means that it it sticks so well to the road, um, but I, I don't know. You, I, I love it. You, you never see these cars. I got it off of a guy in uh, East Lansing uh, for, I don't know, like four four thousand dollars i put so much work into it, and it's worth, and it's worth about $5,000 now. Uh, wow. I know. Things, uh, and, things and, are moving up. <laughs> you keep making trades like that, and after 30 or 40 cars, you'll be able to actually get a 911. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Do I want a 911? I've been thinking about an aerial atom. Um, really? Right, next... Well, that's going to be my next question is what – <laughs> what what kind of cars would you be getting into, you know, not if money were no object, but if, you know, if you had six figures um, to spend, let's say, let's say no higher than a quarter million dollars, um, oh, dang what it. would your, what would your garage look like? If you had a quarter million dollars to spend and you could spend it on multiple cars, what, what would you be your garage full of cars? I'd have my current, I'd, ha- I'd have my Volvo in the garage. My mind's not changing on that. For a daily car, I don't think it gets much better. Um, for for some things, but that's okay. For, <laughs> that's just like your opinion, man. Uh, <laughs> like a Porsche, you know, you know, like Taycan or Porsche Sport, uh, uh, Panamera. Yeah, a, a Sport Turismo E Hybrid, whatever, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that 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 kind of is a gold sort of car, but that that almost uses up all your two hundred and fifty, at least half of it. Yeah, buy it used. It's half price. <laughs> yeah, I think they go for like one eighty now, maybe less than that. From last 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 time. I think um we both share a, a great love of Porsche. I do know that, right? I mean you're a big Porsche fan like me. I um I wasn't until I started working for the dealership. Um I I didn't care for Porsches then. I was all I was all Ferrari through and through, red blood. But they changed my mind. Just the sheer amount of Porsches that the owner turns over is ridiculous. And I, I, I grew a severe love for Porsche after that. I got to say. Yeah. There's just <laughs> something about them. They have a magic and I obviously have my Cayman in the garage, but I'd love to upgrade it to a couple of other things, but I, I, I do. I'm using what I, I'm using what I got, but, uh, even on the slow Cayman S from 2007, it's there's yeah. still this magic, magic in the in the way it makes me feel and drives and the noise it makes and the handling and everything else. It's it's a wonderful brand and um, yeah. So what was the what was the go to Ferrari? The go to Ferrari out of out of all the Ferraris, it was the <laughs> it was the uh, it was the 250 LM. Um, yeah, I've always loved the 250 LM. Um, yeah. The GTO, Very yeah, yeah, the 250 GTO, fantastic. 
The Zagato, also fantastic. But I don't know. There's just something about the 250LM that I like. Um, yeah, that was that was always kind of the the weird oddball one in the 250 family, was. wasn't it? I mean, the, the Testarossa was obviously kind of the craziest one. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that thing is bonkers. Um what would I what would I have in my garage? I, I think I I think I'd want, also want a Volvo Amazon as well. A Volvo Amazon? Volvo Amazon. Oh yeah. I'm gonna have to Google a, a, that. A, another another obscure. <laughs> I'm full of obscure cars. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, oh, that's not that's not a very special looking thing. It's not. It really isn't. But there's a charm to it. I think. Um, especially if you put some work into it. I mean, they, they rallied those cars, the Amazons. Um, and so there's sort of an interesting history to them that I like, that I appreciate. Sweet dude. Um, well, yeah. Anything else you want to say? I mean, we're getting toward the end here, I suppose. Is it, uh, photography? Is this your, is this your dream job? You want to keep doing this? Is there something else you see on your horizon? Uh, just photography. I've, well, it, it's always been my, not first one, but greatest love, but, um, I mean, close up, there's been, uh, CGI. I mean, I, I got into that in college. I got into CAD rendering in college. I took oh, yeah. a course on it my sophomore year and, uh, because I was so familiar with automotive photography, I instantly latched onto that. Um, I, I it opened so, up all kinds of horizons. I was able to see what kind of lighting I could do before I started on a photo shoot. I'll I'll mock up photo shoots sometimes in CAD before I actually go to the car, so that I know exactly what I'm getting myself into. So this is an interesting conversation right here because yeah. aren't you worried that? the photography this will like kill the photography industry well not really i mean i'm also on both sides how do you see it how do you see it integrating into the advertising space um especially for for photographers um do you think it's going to be a clean integration or do you think it's going to like kill off photography it's interesting the relationship that it has right now with photography I mean, from a photography standpoint, if, if you're doing a CGI image, you, you might have a photographer go out and shoot backplates at a location. They'll shoot an HDRI for, uh, to, uh, to insert into the software for reflections. Um, or you could have uh, a full CGI scene. Everything, every building light plant is CGI. Um, I think there's always going to be a place for photography in it. Um, but rendering does keep getting better and better. Um, now, whether it means that better is more realistic or more perfect, I don't. I don't know. I, I feel like there's also a difference between having a perfect image and a realistic image. Right. I think a, a realistic image. You, I mean, you you always have some kind of imperfection. You always have some inconsistency and. There's smudging and maybe the tires or some kind of gravel or something that's in the tread. No, a, a photograph is never going to be 100% perfect, but that's what CGI does. Um, 
and maybe it's right. But as a, as a consumer of media, as a consumer, um, regular person who sees a billboard mm -hmm. that shows an image, whether it's real or not, your brain doesn't even care if it's, that's the sad part, I guess, for me as a photographer, but people's brains don't care um, if, if it looks 100% real or not. They, they yeah. would notice it if it's just a good piece of design work and it has the right messaging and stuff. But um, I am I definitely is on my radar as something that I need to be aware of. And I'm, right. not, I'm not sold on it because I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> but I realize that it's it's a very real like you know alternative to a lot of car photography right now. We've all seen it abused really poorly on on really bad images <laughs> with people who don't know what they're doing or how to use leading lines or which way blurs are even supposed to go. Yeah, um, here's here's to you, Dodge. Yeah. Yeah. What were they the ones that had that one image that just like broke the internet for how bad it was? They're always the worst defenders, it seems. Although I was there at was a super like dealership. Or... There <laughs> I was, was at the super dealership. I was like, there was some terrible render of some vehicle. And it was just, I don't remember exactly what it was now, but it was just, it was so, obviously somebody made a huge mistake. But mm -hmm. um, I think they've gotten over that. That was a couple of years back. but Yeah, I, I, I've, I've seen a couple other terrible offenders as well. Some images coming out of Mercedes and Subaru. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what it is. I, I think maybe it's in a, in part it's because people that are rendering out those images, they go to school for rendering, and maybe it's more just a generic sense of rendering and, and animation. And maybe they just don't know the mechanics, how how an actual photograph looks. Um, I mean, you, you'll notice even uh, with a lot of them that. Uh, the the speed at which the wheels are rotate the wheels are rotating doesn't quite match up to the blur on on the road and what's in the background right. what's in what the reflections in the side of the car nothing ever it, it's it's rare to find a situation where it's right on the spot um, yeah. there's always something off about it some kind of motion blur aspect it it, it, it throws me off I'm sure like you said. To the to the normal consumer, they don't care. They don't notice. It's just they oh, they're like, notice, oh, yeah. that's a that's a cool picture of a car. Um, right. Yeah. So what soft what software do you use for people that are listening that you know are curious about this stuff? What are you using to create your CGI images? Because some of yours are looking really really realistic and and um, and um, top notch. So how are you creating those images? Uh, I got in. I, I do. I do most of my stuff now in Maya, in Autodesk Maya. I use uh, V-Ray for that. It's a plugin that's better than what comes standard with the software, um, and it, uh, it's a pretty standard uh, software as well for the for the industry. That and uh, 3ds Max is another one. Those two are the heavy hitters in the in the industry. So I, I learned on simpler softwares, but worked up to this. Yeah. I'm a total rookie at this stuff. So how does it work though? When you create a car picture, are you, are you, are, do you wireframe in something? Do you make it from scratch? Do you base it off of an image? Like how do, how do you create something from nothing? Um, I mean, I think, I think where I start depends on what my end goal is for the image. Sometimes uh, I'll have a backplate 
and an HDRI to use. And I'll say, okay, I'm going to eventually composite this car into the, into the scene. Or if I'll do, or, or I'll do a full CGI scene and where I start there is fairly different than where I'd start if I were, um, compositing something in. Um, but I mean, most of the time, regardless, you're importing raw CAD data. It comes in just as a gray shape or a wire form. And the first thing you do, materialize it. Or you can sort it as well. Um, if you want to group every all the different car parts into uh, whatever uh, way that you're comfortable with, if you're grouping stuff together as, as a door so that you can open up the whole door if you want for a scene or the wheels, um, organization first. Then you materialize it. You add your paints, your fabrics, rubbers, whatever the case might be, whatever you're rendering out. Um, and then from there on, I moved to lighting. Um, and in the industry, I think it's also fairly standard for you to um, just paint everything white, just a flat white, and get your lighting down from uh, from that perspective. And uh, so that you know what you're getting yourself into. Gotcha. Um, well, I, for one, am not a supporter so much of CGI stuff. That's my opinion. Um, <laughs> I'm always looking for new cool people. But yeah, there's a guy here in Minnesota named Glenn Cordell. Um, his Instagram is glenn.cordell. Um, he does some really, really cool stuff. And he... He, I mean, he's had his stuff shared by Porsche and stuff on, on Instagram too. So he's doing cool stuff. It's all rendered and, um, and it's neat. Um, but yeah, I, I am a photography and I think Ben, you have somebody you, um, know that does some really cool stuff too. What's his name? His name is Olgan Cordell or wait, let's see. Another oh Cordell. yeah. Olgan Cordell. Yeah. He's, uh, he has an insane page called cars in color on Instagram. Yeah. That's the most creative automotive page that I've seen like for CGI. All right. Well, we we got, got get, let's be on let's get back on track here. When this is <laughs> photography, come on, people, we're supposed to be promoting photography. But anyway, I think this is a really good place to end and never talk to Alex again. Um, but no, seriously, this is a very cool debate. I would like to hear from anyone that's listening to this what you feel about. CGI imagery with when it referring to car photography and car content. Um, so give us, give us some comments on, uh, on our Instagram page when we start posting about this episode. Um, I'd love to hear from you about, uh, about this subject where you stand on CGI stuff and car photography. Um, that is going to be about it for us today. Alex, okay. thank you so much for bringing on today and telling us a little bit about uh, yourself. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I, Seriously, appreciate it. Um, yeah, dude. Um, Speed Media. <laughs> um, you can obviously find us on Instagram um, at S Speed Media, and then Alex's um, Instagram. Alex, what's your Instagram? Yep, it's uh, it's Tillman Light Drawing. T I double L man Light Drawing. Yeah, there's a story behind it, but yeah. <laughs> yep. So Tillman Light Drawing. Um, follow him on Instagram if you don't already. See really cool car photography and CGI stuff. 
and um that should be about it so thank you guys for listening and girls everyone thank you for listening <laughs> today we're going to be resuming our um our weekly podcast here hopefully about every week um, about car photography never cgi again and we're gonna have more great guests on in the future so please come back and listen uh every week ben say goodbye goodbye thanks for having me we All will right. talk to you next week goodbye All right. goodbye